Welcome back to the first ever NASCAR Gambling Podcast, Full Tank with Phil. We're here for another episode. Martinsville is in the books. We're going to take a look back at that race in general, see how the fans kind of reacted to that. There were some extracurricular activities there as well at Martinsville. We'll take a look at how we did. News flash. We're back, but we'll get to that in a second. Then we will look ahead to Texas, the middle race in this round of eight in the playoffs here for the 2019 NASCAR season. We got to take a look at who's who's hot and who's our picks to win the race. I got four picks, three that I like and one long shot. So we'll take a look at those. We'll also talk about prop bets, top tens, head-to-head matchups. We'll get into all of that as well for Texas. And then in the end of the podcast, what I've been calling the rant, took me a while to get to, to name it something, but I don't know what took me so long. We'll call it Phil's Fired Up. That'll be the last segment. And I'm going to talk about said extracurricular activities. It was the fight at Martinsville. And talk about how, in a perfect world, that would look this coming week on the broadcast if NBC would embrace gambling a little bit more, they would lean into a little bit more, kind of a, a picture-perfect, ideal situation, in my eyes, a way for them to kind of capitalize on the fight, capitalize on the gambling aspect of it as well. So we'll get into all of that at the end in the Phil's Fired Up section. But we're going to have to take a quick look back at Martinsville as a whole, because we're back, baby. We are back Martin Truex cashed in. We had him at plus 500. We said not to take the favorites. It was Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin, and we were right on. And uh, some would say it was a boring race. I think most would say that, actually. We're going to talk about the Jeff Gluck poll a couple times on this episode. And uh, the fans, you know, they didn't love Martinsville last weekend. And I also think that the Denny Hamlin-Joey Logano fight really had a lot to say with the way people voted on that race in that poll. It's a, for those of you who don't know, he puts out a poll every week on Twitter. Was it a good race? Yes or no? Pretty simple. And uh, this week, Martinsville, it just did okay. Um, We're going to talk about how Texas fared in the past. But um, overall, I mean, when you have a guy who leads as many laps as Truex did on Sunday, I mean, It was over 400 of the 500 laps. I think it was like 421 maybe. Um, That tends to be a a boring race in my opinion. I mean, you have some people out there, the NASCAR fans that are, you know, absolute diehards, old school. They love seeing a guy go out and dominate because that car was just perfectly set up from front to back. The team had it ready to go. They made good adjustments uh, every pit stop. The driver did his job. 
in and out. It was just a flawless performance by that 19 team. And when you're somebody who put money in on said team, it's even better of a day than uh, someone who's just sitting there watching a guy dominate a very uh, lackluster race in terms of action up front. So uh, I didn't have a problem with it because I won some money, but if I didn't, I probably wouldn't be too thrilled about the outcome of that race. It was a bit boring. I mean, we can call a spade a spade here. That many uh, laps led from the leader. It was just impossible for anyone to get to him and, and pass him. Surprisingly, William Byron, the guy who's just a pain in my ass, he was the only one that could really contend for uh, the spot up top. But the end, Truex cashes his ticket to Homestead, and it's going to be interesting uh, to see how they play out the next two races. I actually have a couple opinions on him later. Um, the fight, I mean, Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin, these are two guys who are both still in position to be at Homestead. So I think it's actually going to be pretty funny if they both make it to Homestead because they're going to have to do all the media stuff together and sit next to each other and answer all the questions. So um, I think they're both kind of hoping that the other doesn't make it to Homestead so they don't have to deal with all of that bullshit. But uh, pretty cowardly of Logano, if you're asking me. I mean, you don't slap someone on the shoulder and then walk away. It seemed to take Hamlin by surprise that one minute they're in a conversation and the next he's getting you know pushed on the shoulder pretty much. So very strange situation. It's very on brand for Logano, if you ask me. He just seems like such a weasel. Um, his face just gives that vibe that he is that type of guy to hit somebody and run. So it'll be you know fun to see how this plays out the next few races and then see if they eventually do get to Homestead. The other takeaway that I had from Martinsville was the nine team. Absolutely disappointing and embarrassing that they would come out there knowing what they knew from Dover, knowing that they didn't want to put themselves in that position because there'd be a lot less room for any mistakes, and then they go out there and they have a mechanical failure. If you're Hendrick Motorsports, there is zero excuse for that to happen. And Chase is now in a must-win situation, so we're going to talk about him later. But overall, like I said, boring race, but when you cash in, I mean, Full Tank with Phil podcast, we're back. We're back on top. I didn't want that streak to go to three. Uh, three in a row, not picking a winner. We picked Truex, so we're good. I'm feeling good about it. With the head-to-head selections last week, I went two for three, had a couple guys bite me in the ass. Johnson finishing dead last was a killer. Another thing that was a killer was Corey LaJoy sneaking up and taking one from Mike and McDowell, especially after McDowell qualified in the top 10. Everyone was talking about it and I saw that and I was loving it. Sitting there with a a smirk on my face after qualifying, like this is going to be a lock and LaJoy steals one from him. So very upset about the way that played out. So I, I kind of swapped, you know, last week, uh, didn't choose a winner, but went four and one or five and one, something like that. in the head to heads. And now, you know, we get the winner, we cashed in the, the big money there and, uh, went two for three on the head to head. So it is what it is. We will look ahead to Texas now because it's time to pick another winner. We're going to talk about who I like this week, who you're going to put your money on to win the race at Texas. And we're throwing big money on it because, you know, we're talking Texas. It's a big state, big money, big bets being made this week at Fort Worth. So the racetrack itself, I mean, we talked about Jeff Gluck's poll. It's a cookie cutter mile and a half. And the poll 
has not fared very well uh, in the last few years. So uh, Texas has never crossed the the 69% mark on the the yes, no, was it a good race? And the second Texas race has not gone well. He's only been doing this for a couple years now. So this will be the third time he's done this race for the Texas fall race. And uh, it's been 50% and 27%. Yes. So clearly 27% was a a snooze fest. Uh, Nervous that that could happen again. That's why I'm going hard this week. All right. So 37 races here in the past. Three times winners have come from the pole. Last time it happened was Kyle Busch in 2013. And the top five happened 20. The winner has come from the top five, excuse me, 59% of the time. And in the top 10, they've come from there 78% of the time. Outside of the the top 20 starting position, the winner has come 14% of the time from those positions outside the top 20. So uh, pretty standard from the stats that we've been seeing along the way since we've been doing this podcast. I don't see any trend there that's going to scare me away from anything at all. Um, And what makes it even better is looking at the lines when they came out this week. So basically the the books, there's no outrageous favorite. There's no crazy long shot. They essentially have all eight drivers that are in the playoffs still ranging. Their odds range from plus 500, five to one, all the way to plus 1,000, 10 to one. So I like that. It really makes me feel, you know, warm and cozy knowing that I can really just bet on whoever I feel like and I'm not really worrying about the odds at all. It's a perfect place to be from the gambler's perspective, absolutely. So uh, I love that. Let's get to my first pick because I really really like this one. I'm like a little giddy school kid on Christmas morning. Kevin Harvick's going off at plus 600. I don't know how he's not going off as the favorite, but he's not. In his last 10 races at Texas, he's got two wins, seven top fives, and 10 top tens. That's right. I'm not mispronouncing this. I'm not saying this incorrectly or anything like that. 10 starts in a row, he has 10 top tens. Unbelievable. He's got the best average finish, obviously, with those stats. His average finish is 3.9 in the last 10 races at Texas. He has the most laps led. Now, um, talk about the race that was kind of a snooze fest. Well, that's because Harvick went out and led like 145 laps in that race. So put people to sleep. He won the race convincingly. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about when we're betting on somebody. It, as long as I have money on him, I'm not going to be bored to death by it. Plus 600 is a great value here. He has the fourth best driver rating out of everybody that is starting this weekend. So really, 2005 was the last fall race he finished outside the top 10. That's unbelievable. 2005, that's 14 races, all right, 14 years in the fall at Texas, he has finished inside the top 15. He has an average finish of 6.4 in that time span. Unbelievable. On top of that, he's won the last two fall races here. So very convincing when you're looking at the stats 
that he should be somebody that you're throwing money down on. And those two races, last two races in the fall where he won, he also started third in both races. So if he goes out and qualifies third, I'm going to be running to the sports book. Actually, I'll just be logging into my phone, but you get the picture. All right. I'm going to be typing into my phone as fast as I possibly can, because, you know, he's, if he's starting third, he's winning the race. All right. He's 14 points back of a playoff spot or a championship berth, which that's saying something. I mean, Harvick, he is very good here. He knows he can win and he's 14 points back. You're never, you're not going to want to rely on one last race at Phoenix if you can help it. So if he has the ability to put that car on the racetrack coming out of the truck when they open up for practice this week and be fast right away, this team is going to do it and they're going to have the ability to go out and dominate. I love it. I love it. I love it. In the spring, you know, just in case you're like, oh, well, Phil, I, I want a guy who is able to drive through the field. You know, I don't want a guy who needs to start in the top five. In the spring, he started 23rd and ended up with a top 10 finish, eighth place. So, yes, he can do that when needed. Um, plus 600, lock it in for the four car, Kevin Harvick. Now we'll talk about one of the guys in the in the fight last weekend, and he's the guy who I think came out smelling like roses. It's Denny Hamlin, plus 600 as well. Hamlin, uh, he is my championship pick. I, I picked this uh, guy to win way back in August in the uh, bye week after right before Bristol, I believe it was. And he's still kicking, and he's kicking pretty well right now. So looking at his performance at Texas, he won here in the spring. All right, so in the last 10 races, Hamlin, not as good as Harvick has been, but I think it's more about how hot Hamlin is right now. So he's got one win, which came this year, two top fives and four top tens in the last 10 races at Texas Motor Speedway. So... Obviously, they're not blowing you out of the water, but one here in the fall, sorry, one here in the spring, why can't he do it again in the fall? He, average finish, not great, 17.3, but his starting position is actually pretty good. He's, he's starting around 10.1 in the last 10 races, so I really like that. Um, I'm not picking Kyle Busch or Martin Truex for reasons I'll get into later, so I feel like I need a Gibbs driver to begin with. At this point in the NASCAR season, you'd be silly not to throw money down on a Gibbs driver. So I'm taking the 11. And, you know, he's got the eighth best driver rating. Not bad. Uh, I, I really hold that stat in high regard just because it takes everything into consideration. I say this every week. But more importantly, the fight with Logano, I think, is really the main reason why I'm throwing money down on him. He made Logano look like a bitch. And he has the ability to go out and win. Plus 600 is a good value. I think it would really be a perfect story for someone to get into a scuffle like that. Him come out of it saying, oh man, like I'm the good guy. And then go out and, and dominate the next week. So I think you could see the 11 team shooting off those guns at Texas Sunday afternoon in Fort Worth. Let's talk about the third guy that I have. One other guy that's in the playoffs right now that I'm going to put money on. It's somebody I just can't quit. I went through this situation with Kyle Larson where I just could not quit him, and it ended up working out for me. This person is Chase Elliott. I can't quit him. 
His stats look too good to me. Every week I'm looking through all the stats and I'm saying to myself, Chase looks good this week. He just looks good. So no wins here, two top fives, five top tens in seven races. All right, so he hasn't been here for the full 10. His average finish is 8.0. It's second best out of all drivers. Obviously, Kevin Harvick blows everyone out of the water in that stat, but Chase is right there in second. Third best driver rating out of everybody there. His best finish here at Texas is fourth. I would say that he's due. When you go back and you're looking at the history of Elliott's races at Texas, you can see that he has the ability to drive through the field. He improves on his starting position from the start of the race to the end of the race. At a cookie cutter, mile and a half racetrack, that's saying something. I mean, that's a big deal for you to be able to see that in the analytics that a driver is able to do that at a racetrack. So I think that stands out to me. He's going off at plus 750, which decent odds for Elliott. He led 35 laps here in the spring. So again, it's almost like a slow upward progression. You don't want to see guys that you're betting on have a history at a racetrack where it's a downward slope. Chase is it's really going up. It seems like he's trending towards a win. So why not at plus 750 plus the fact that we talked about earlier, they ran into trouble a week ago, and it's a must-win situation. They are not going to point themselves in a position. Other people, like a Harvick, like Blaney, surprisingly, are still in the weird position where they can't go all out. They still have to consider points when they're on the racetrack. And they really have to be you know, super focused. They have a foot on both sides of the fence. The nine car, you know, you can say it's a negative, but I'll, I'll choose to put the spin zone on it. I'll say all bets are off. The leash is off. This team is going for it. There's no stopping them. So it's going to allow Gustafson to make a move, maybe on pit road, or make a call to, you know, keep them out there on old tires and, and take a shot. Because what's the worst that could happen? They fall further back in points. They can't point themselves in anyway unless something dramatic happens to any of the other guys. So I like the nine team for that reason at plus 750. I think it makes total sense that they would take a shot here uh, at a racetrack where they're very good historically and not try to put all their eggs in the, the Phoenix basket uh, next week. So that's my pick for the, the guys in the playoffs. Harvick plus 600, Hamlin plus 600, and Chase at plus 750. I think these are all guys that if you're looking to put money on somebody still in the playoffs, these guys have the ability to get it done. I want to quickly talk about a total long shot. All right. Going off at plus 2,500 to win this race. It's Eric Jones. He's started here six times. He has three top fives and four top tens. So 50% of the times he has started at Texas Motor Speedway, he's finished in the top five. All right. Fourth overall in average finish in the last 10 races, you know, looking at everybody who has raced that many times with a finish of 9.3. And we talk about drivers trending upwards, all right? Three straight top five finishes. So those those top those three top fives that I mentioned all came in the last three races. All three of them were fourth, all right? But he also has been moving upwards through the field. So in those three straight times where he's finished fourth, he started 21st, 
12th, and 11th. So he's able to maneuver his way through the traffic and get up and place well. So if he's up there towards the end, why not? I mean, it's one of those deals where I'm not picking the driver, I'm picking the number. Plus 2,500, I don't see anyone else around him in the odds area um, on the on the book right now, the sports book, that I like as much as Eric Jones to win the race and kind of shock some people. He also led 30 laps here in the spring, which just goes to the point that I was trying to make earlier of you know people trending upwards. He's getting better as time goes on at this racetrack. So absolutely, I'll be throwing money down at plus 2,500. You can put that on the board. People you kind of want to avoid, well, I'll just say one name, Kyle Larson. He's just not good here. His average finish stinks. I think that team is dead. They showed no signs of life for me last week at Martinsville. I think it's just going to be a steady decline for them as we go through this. So I'm avoiding them. I'm recommending if you're listening out there, avoid the 42. And I'm one foot in, one foot out on Blaney. I'm going to have to wait to see on race day. It's more of a lean towards yes. So like I said, on race day, I may be able to throw a little bit of cash down on him. But since joining Team Penske, he's had three races here, and two of them he's finished in the top five. He's going off at 10 to 1, plus 1,000. So again, more of an odds situation. If his odds look nicer to me, if he if he goes from maybe 10 to 1 to like 15 to 1, 20 to 1 even, I'm going to be all in on Blaney because he's a playoff driver and you know he's getting better here. But uh, right now, I'm not. I'm going to have to see how it plays out this coming Sunday. Talking about you know the, the guys who were the favorites and some people I'm avoiding, I'm not putting money down on Truex for the simple reason that he won last week. I'm sticking with the, the back-to-back factor. It's only burned me once. I don't think it's going to burn me again throughout the rest of the year. So you know he may be really good here. He actually is, but I'm avoiding him to win the race this week. And also Kyle Busch. Something is up with Kyle Busch. It's the curious case of Kyle Busch. I don't understand what it is. I actually saw some rumors. I'm not going to be a guy that spreads rumors. But I'm just reporting what I've seen out there. All right, I'm not starting this stuff. But there's a, a Twitter account named Drunk Brian France who has a lot of Twitter followers. And he's been breaking news recently. Uh, a couple guys... Uh, news about their contracts being extended or, or updated. Um, and, you know, he's reported it early and it's come to be true. Well, he actually threw something out there that there's rumors of infidelity of a past champion in the NASCAR world. And everyone kind of was looking at the math and, and figured that it was Kyle Busch that actually had this happen. And, you know, if you look at it, he's had a lot of weird stuff happen to him recently. I mean, he's just not driving very well. He's not getting the finishes that you would expect out of the 18 car this year come playoff time. So it would make sense if there's, you know, something else going on distracting him a little bit. The thing that gave that Twitter account a little bit more uh, validity was a respected NASCAR reporter, Jenna Fryer, actually was reporting on last week, Eric Almarola was wrecked by Kyle Busch. And was quoted after the race as saying, I'm going to make his life a living hell for the remainder of the season. So if you consider that, that's a problem. You wouldn't want to bet on Kyle when you have a guy out there who's a lunatic going to try to take him out. But Jenna Fryer tweeted out that his life is already hell 
right now, which made a lot of people think that the original tweet was a real deal. So again, I'm not trying to spread rumors. I, I, you know, watch the Racing Wives show. I would hate to see anything like that happen to uh, to that couple. But I'm going to avoid betting on Kyle Busch. <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes down to. I'm not going to bet on a guy who's super distracted with a lot of rumors like that around him. So, you know, that's why I'm not taking those two guys, the two favorites, going off as the, the odds were released this week. So just to recap again, it's Harvick, Hamlin, Elliott, and Eric Jones, the picks to win this week at Texas. Next up, we got to talk about at least a couple people on uh, finishing in the top 10 because a lot of times that's going to be a, a bet that actually keeps you really entertained in a somewhat boring race. So I got two guys out here that I'm looking at to finish in the top 10 and get some value for the picks. And I got a prop bet to throw at you um, after that. So starting with Kurt Busch, going off at plus 100 to finish in the top 10. He is someone that I think maybe on race day, well, he's definitely going to be hovering right around that break-even mark, the zero mark. And if he's in the positive, if you're getting the uh, the positive money plus 100 to bet on him, I'm absolutely going to take that. He's got five straight top 10s, okay? So if we're talking about finishing the top 10, this guy knows how to get it done. And in the last 10 races, he's finished in the top 10 eight times. To me... That's the perfect type of stat, and it feels like one that would slip below the radar for the sports books. So I'm hoping that you get him at decent value. Um, he's someone that's sneaky, man. He he really is. And you know we haven't really talked about the the non playoff drivers versus the playoff drivers. I wish there was a bet out there. I know we're kind of outside of the the picks to win the race, but I wish there was a bet out there that you could place simply will a, a playoff driver win the race or will a non-playoff driver win the race because as the playoffs go on obviously the odds shift and right now we're at that perfect sweet spot where it really could be anybody um you only got eight guys out of the 40 that are in the playoffs um and you really only have about four to eight other guys who actually have a chance to contend so it's a really cool bet bush i mean a talking about winning the race i might steer the other way but if we're just talking about putting the car in the top 10 going out having a good points day uh the one car kurt bush he's somebody that has done it in the past so mark me down for kurt bush finishing the top 10 this weekend then after that i'd be remiss if i didn't put money down on jimmy johnson i mean it's tough i talked about how i can't quit chase elliott Jimmy's somebody that I think I've talked about a few times in the head-to-head sections. Uh, I'm going to be putting money down on Jimmy to finish in the top 10 this week. I know he finished dead last a week ago at Martinsville, but that's different. This is a racetrack that Jimmy Johnson used to own. He won three straight races at Texas. I can remember being in Texas, actually, on a, a work trip, watching the race. It was on a Saturday night race, and trying to you know get my, my couple co-workers in to the race to to watch it um, on TV and trying to get them into it. And it was tough to do that because he just kept dominating. It made it not fun at all to watch because he, he was a bow constrictor. He used to just strangle the life out of everyone else in the race and he would dominate. So I think there has to be some of that left in Jimmy. I mean, he's got the best driver rating out of everyone on the racetrack 
going off this weekend at Texas. So four wins in the last top, sorry, the last 10 races here at Texas. So, you know, I know it's not the Jimmy Johnson vault. If I had someone here with me, they'd be debating me. Phil, he's not that guy anymore. But I feel like it's the same type of deal. I'm comparing Jimmy Johnson to Tiger Woods. Both two of the greatest to ever do it at their sports. And Tiger fell off for a really long time, and now he's really starting to come back. I feel like this season was that for Jimmy. He fell off, and he's going to start to show signs of life. I want to be on the positive side of that when he does start to come back to life. So he finished fifth here in the spring. Okay, That's that's modern-day Jimmy Johnson, finishing fifth. So I'm not asking him to win the race. Just finish in the top ten, man. Finish in the top ten, and we'll be happy with it. So... He didn't do well last year, uh, finished top five in the spring. It'll be a rebound year, another top 10, get it done, Jimmy Johnson. Now, he's going off at plus 100 right now as well. He's going to teeter back and forth between minus money and, and positive money, so we'll see uh, where he goes off. But I'm no matter what, I'm taking Jimmy this week. I'm just really pulling for him to try to bounce back. So Kurt Busch and Jimmy both plus 100 to finish in the top 10. Then the prop bet that I have... I'm not taking Truex to win the race because of the the back-to-back situation that I don't like, but I'm looking at the prop bet, top Toyota in the race. I'm going to put money down for Truex to to do that, plus 175. Now, I know that goes against the Hamlin pick to win, but um, I kind of completely look at these in a silo. So he has been the top Toyota at Texas five of the last seven races. That, to me, is enough said. I mean, you, you drop that stat on me, I'm like, here's my money. Take it. Mark me down, 19, top Toyota, plus 175, done deal. He's only got to beat, like, five other guys. So, obviously, Hamlin and Bush are two of those guys, but whatever. You know, you throw a little money on Hamlin to win, and you throw, throw a little side money on Truex to, to win this prop bet. I like it. So, uh, it keeps it really interesting for myself, and that's what I'll be doing for the top 10 and prop bets. Vegas, baby! Vegas! Okay, so we've made it to the head-to-head section of the podcast. These are the the picks that I'm making. One driver versus another. Straightforward. Who do you like? And I might as well just keep talking about the the Truex situation. So, he has had an epic battle this year with Kyle Busch. And Truex, it used to be very even throughout the year. It was like 13-13. Then Truex has just taken over, and he is winning the season series right now, 18-14. to 14. In the last five fall races, Truex has the advantage, 3-2 to two over Kyle Busch. But Kyle, in the last nine races, has the advantage 5-4. to four. Clearly, these guys just really battle. I mean, it's so close. There's no real trend there you can hit on as the gambler to try to take advantage of it. So... What I'm doing, I mean, I've already explained how I'm betting my picks to win the race, uh, a prop bet for Truex. This time in the head-to-head section, I'm going to go with Kyle. I'm really spreading my picks around. Um, Like I said, looking at him in a silo, in a vacuum. I'm going to take Kyle Busch because I think there's a case to be made against Truex. uh, Because he already has his win, they're just going to be tuning up for Homestead. You know, who knows if that's actually what they're going to be doing, but Homestead, mile and a half track. 
Texas, mile and a half track. So I think they could be experimenting with some things in a way. Obviously, every track is a tiny bit different, but you get the picture. I think they can go out. There's no real reason. There's no benefit for them to, to win the race or you know to, to have a great points day. They're in, and they're going to be starting with the same amount of points as the three other guys that they're racing against in the championship. So a win this week really does nothing for them other than, you know, win them some money and, and a trophy and, you know, some guns to shoot off. So give me Kyle trying to rebound. You know, he's still close. He's he's a little bit to the advantage as far as the playoff standings. He's, he's like 17 points to the good. Um, so I think he'll be looking for a good points day overall going against everything that we just talked about. Before, I mean, the, the infidelity rumors and all that, you know, all that, and he could go out and just perform phenomenally. So against Truex in this scenario, in this vacuum, I'm going to take Kyle Busch, and I'll probably put that in a little bit of parlay um, just to get more value at it. They're both going off even right now, minus 115. Looking at the next one then, if that pick didn't make any sense to you, well, hold on to your hats because I got another one that just doesn't make much sense, and that's Clint Boyer versus Jimmy Johnson. All right, these guys are both going off at minus 115, and I'm going to go with Johnson even though Boyer is just screaming for him. He's dominating Johnson this season. 21-11 to 11 is the season series. If you had told me at the beginning of this season that Clint Boyer, would be taking Jimmy Johnson and just shoving his face in the mud with the head-to-head matchups. I would have told you you're crazy. 21 to 11, that is shocking. But looking at Texas, um, in the last four races, they're even, 2 to 2 for each of them. And in the last 10 races, it's 8 to 2 Johnson. So this past year, Boyer finished second and Jimmy Johnson finished fifth. This was in the spring. So, you know, these two are close. Their their odds to win the race are, you know, just about even with each other. Um, Same to finish in the the top five, top ten. So um, they're even against each other head-to-head. I'm going to go with Johnson just for the same stuff that I was talking about before. Has nothing to do with Boyer in this one. Like I said, I'm really just kind of taking a risk um, like I'm doing with Bush. I talked before about how I didn't like Bush. I'm going with him the head-to-head. Um, I talked about how I like Johnson, even though he's really not performing well, locking it in. Johnson over Boyer this week. He's going to prove the haters wrong on all sorts of levels, top 10, and a victory over Clint Boyer. I've got two more picks that I'm going to give out this week, and I was doing some research on this next one, and this is one that I've been looking at now. It's been posted on the books every single week. When the, the head-to-head lines come out, they're always one of the first ones. And I'm looking at it, digging into it, doing some research at Texas with these guys, and then I get a message. I get a buzz on my phone. I pick up my phone, and to my surprise... Cousin Greg, lack of the week. Bet the mortgage on it. Joey Legato or Brad Kislowski. It was Cousin Greg chiming in with his lock of the week. And if you couldn't hear him, it was Logano over Kozlowski. And I loved it because that was the same pick that I was looking at. So Greg, who's on a bit of a hot streak right now with his locks of the week, he's been money. Uh, I'm going to keep riding his picks. I was planning on going with, if he did drop a line, 
I was going to go with whoever you know he liked this week, and I was thrilled that it was the the guy that I liked. So Logano over Kozlowski is the cousin Greg lock of the week. It's official, but let's dig into that a little bit. Logano has the season series over the two car, eighteen to fourteen, but at Texas he is dominant over the two, six and one in the last seven races. So clearly Logano is very, very good versus Kozlowski at this place. He's 7-3 and three in the last 10 races against Kozlowski. Now they are pretty similar when it comes to their stats here. They have similar top fives, similar top tens um, in the last 10 races. Joey's average finish, sorry, their driver rating is very similar, 88 to, to 87. So they're right there together. Joey's average finish, though, is fifth out of all active drivers, 9.7. Kozlowski's is 11th, 13.4. So it's just another check mark in the Logano box. Um, we talked about how Logano is a bit of a, a loser for what happened last week. But in this scenario, racing his teammate head to head, I'm going to lock it in and go with the 22 car, Joey Logano over Brad Kozlowski and the two team. But if you don't like my word for it, just remember that this is also the Cousin Greg lock of the week, and he told you to bet the mortgage on it. So go ahead and do that while you're at it. The final pick that I have for you for this podcast is one that is actually not out officially uh, as we're recording this, but I know it will be out on race day. I've been tracking this matchup for a while now. It usually doesn't come out with the first set of odds. usually comes out closer to race day. Austin Dillon versus Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So this is an interesting one. Stenhouse has the advantage on the season series, 17 to 15. Very close. It's like a two-race difference there. At Texas in the last seven races, which is the most that you could look back because these guys haven't been doing this forever, uh, Stenhouse has the advantage, 5 to 2. But in the last four races, it's 2 to 2. So obviously Dillon has taken the last couple here. The thing that is super weird about this matchup, when you go back and you look at Texas races and Stenhouse versus Austin Dillon, they have finished next to each other in three of the last four races here at Texas. And the other one, they finished two spots off. So no matter who wins the race, they're right next to each other. That is super creepy. All right. So what I mean by that is if Austin finished 10th, that means Stenhouse was 11th. And if Stenhouse was 14th, the the one that we're not talking about, he finished 16th. So just two spots off, Um, right next to each other, three times in the last four races. And the other one, two spots off. I I can't wrap my head around it. It's too weird. I'm going to go with Stenhouse in this one. It's really just season series, the the history at Texas. He's got a better average finish at Texas in the last 10 races. I'm going to go with Stenhouse, but clearly this is a toss-up. So my head-to-head picks, with the exception of Logano, which to me seems like a lock, the others are more of a, a shot in the dark, and I'm going to put them into a parlay because if it hits, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I would think on the odds on race day would change a little bit for uh, the, the better for us if we're putting this in. So Stenhouse over Austin Dillon is the last pick that I have for you. It's, they're super close. It's a toss-up, 
but I just have a feeling that Stenhouse is going to ride this week at Texas. He's trying to prove that he can get it done on a mile and a half. He's not just a super speedway guy. Looking back at the head-to-head matchups that I'm taking, it's Kyle Busch over Truex, Logano over Kozlowski, Jimmy Johnson over Boyer, and Ricky Stenhouse over Austin Dillon. So welcome to the last part of the podcast that I'm officially dubbing Phil's Fired Up. Typically in this area, I'm I'm doing a, a rant that I feel really passionate about. This week, I don't know if I would call it a rant. You know, last week I was battling with the sports books, trying to, you know, fight the good fight. This week, it's more of just laying out a, a picture that I think is perfect. And I think if more people got in on this whole gambling on NASCAR thing, it uh, it would prove to be very beneficial for all parties involved. So I want to start with the fight that happened at Martinsville. Denny Hamlin versus Joey Logano. NASCAR loves this kind of stuff. They put the, the fight video out, all these different angles on NASCAR's Instagram account. I mean, they say that, you know, the, the rules, you know, they're, they're going to possibly be penalized and things like that. But the NASCAR, you know, the heads of the sport love this stuff. And so do the fans. Even though the fight itself was kind of lackluster, I personally think they should, you know, let them go here. It's, it's still fun to watch. It's very entertaining. All the other drivers really got a kick out of it, seeing it on the big screen as they were being interviewed on pit road. So it's a big deal. Even though it was really just a small push and then it turned into the, the crew members really getting into it and turning it into a scuffle, it's, it's, it's a big deal overall for the sport because they get exposure. Social media goes ballistic. They share it. And then people that don't watch NASCAR see that stuff and they say to themselves, wow, that's pretty crazy. I didn't know stuff like that went down. So picture gambling just fully embraced by the sport of NASCAR and fully embraced by the networks. So in this case, NBC has the race this coming weekend. How great would it be to be able to just put that matchup on the pedestal, right? Hamlin versus Logano. I, for one, I'm going to be throwing money on Hamlin in that matchup, but that doesn't matter. What I'm saying is they talk about it almost like it's a prize fight. They're not going to swing fists on pit road. Obviously, you know, they got broken up, but they're going to settle it on the track. That's the, that's the marketing aspect of it. They're going to settle this on the track. And here's the matchup. Hamlin's minus 134 to Logano plus 100. Who And everyone would be betting through the NBC Sports betting app. Uh, just like Fox has right now. I'm envisioning NBC having their own book. And you're able to you know promote that throughout the week through practice sessions and qualifying. You see that matchup in the bottom corner of your screen. And you even get the drivers involved. You know, hey, it's a head-to-head matchup, you know. Winner gets uh, the loser to donate money to their charity. Obviously, they can't bet on themselves, but you make a big deal about it, and then you play it all race long. You have who's you know on the ticker, who's winning between Denny and Joey at all times. You're able to see the the featured head-to-head matchup. If this was something that was embraced, you can promote the sport a different way. And you're able to bring in more money because, you know, 
if I'm sitting here watching the the Wednesday night hockey game and and they're promoting the fight and then the future head-to-head matchup on the upcoming race that you can bet money on, that's perfect. It's synergy. It's everything. It's all the buzzwords that you could possibly want. And as a gambler, I'm loving this because I'm able to follow along with the bets that I'm making very easily. It's it's an ideal situation. Uh, it's it's not a rant. It's just painting the picture of the the paradise that I can see out in the road in the future if everyone would just wake the hell up and get on board. So that's going to do it for another episode of Full Tank with Phil. Place those Texas-sized bets this weekend. Doesn't matter whether you wait till after qualifying. Do it now. Do it whenever you feel comfortable. Make sure you put that money down on the guys that we called out this weekend. That lock of the week, Cousin Greg lock of the week, mark it down because we only got two races left after this one. So you're going to want to build that nest egg up so we can go hard the rest of the year. We'll see you next time. Go. Hell no place to go.